I am fantasy and paranormal romance author Leslie Penelope, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello friends, today is Sunday, February 26th, 2023, and this is episode 207 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this week's best thing, actually there were a number of things that happened this week, and I will go in no particular order. Number one being, my course is ready. It's a soft launch, so I'm launching it to my podcast and my newsletter, and then I'll start posting on social media about it. But it's done, it's open to the public and ready for you to learn. So the course is Imaginary World Building, Creating Fantasy Worlds for Writers. And if you go to myimaginaryfriends.net and go to courses in the menu, you'll be able to see it and register there. If you are not interested in the course, maybe you're not a writer, but you would like to share it, there is an affiliate program. So if you sign up to become an affiliate, you'll get a unique link and then you can share that. And if anyone signs up with your link, you'll get 10% of the cost they paid. And it was really important to me to do an affiliate program. I always like affiliate programs. Um, like I sign up for anyone that I can uh, for a product that I use or that I like or I'm excited about and believe in. And it just gives people an incentive to share. So even if you're not going to register, then please share it. Please tell people about it that you know who might be writers. It is called Creating Fantasy Worlds for Writers. And after I get through the first, you know, this initial launch, I have thought about changing the title just to make it more general, like creating fictional worlds for writers, because I do think that any writer, whether whether you're writing fantasy or not, would benefit for it, would benefit from it. And in the course, I do try to give examples of different kinds and not just fantasy things. I wanted to have fantasy in the title because of SEO, but I'm, I keep going back and forth about it. So we'll see. There is the FAQ, and I do say that I think other writers, you know, all genres need world building. And I will be teaching some world building for any genre workshops at upcoming, at upcoming conferences. So yeah, we'll see. But I'm very excited about it. Um, full disclosure, the last couple of modules are still not done, but I have dates for them. So they'll be coming in the next two weeks. And I figured no one's going to finish the entire thing in the first five or six modules in a week. So I had to take some pressure off of myself because things got really busy this week and I just wasn't able to finish and I didn't want to keep pushing things back. I wanted to have harder deadlines. And if people are joining and are in the class, it's good. nothing's a harder deadline than that. Super excited about this being up and overall, I'm really happy with how it turned out. And I'm grateful to the beta testers who signed up early and have been giving me feedback. It's been super helpful. So thanks to y'all. So the course is self-paced. You can sign up and start immediately. However, there is a cohort component that's going to start at the end of April. And that will be uh, four weeks of live Q&As, live workshops on what you're working on, getting feedback from your peers and from me. And I thought that would be cool to offer periodically, like when I'm not on deadline. So I turn in a book at the beginning of April, and that's why I'm starting this at the end of April. We'll see how this goes, um, and maybe I'll schedule more throughout the year uh, if people are, are interested in it and find it really valuable. But otherwise, you can take all of the modules on your own, on your own time. I just know that for me, I, I sign up for a lot of classes, and I have them <laughs> stored for the future when I get to them. But if it's a live class and you're kind of forced to to take it and you sometimes you get more out of it when you when you're going with a group. So it's like that kind of hybrid approach between sometimes you don't have time to do it live, it's, the dates don't work and you're just busy and you want the material, but at sometimes and for some people it's better to sort of be pushed through and have that live live aspect. And at at one point I was thinking I would do 
just live components every month, which I might. I just didn't want to promise that because I know how things get and they get really busy. And if I don't want to overpromise and not be able to deliver on it. So you have the self-paced option and then there's another price point for the cohort option. And I'm going to limit it to, you know, a limited number of people that I feel like I can manage. And I don't know what that number is yet. I'll see how many people sign up for it. So yes, myimaginaryfriends.net is the website. You can go there to sign up for the course, Imaginary World Building. And if you'd like to share the course, I would be very, very appreciative. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm super excited. Other parts of this week's best thing was I found out that the Monsters Beautify audiobook is a finalist in the Audio Awards, which is the Audiobook Awards. The narrator, Shana Small, did just the most amazing job. I love that audiobook. I just think she she just hit it out of the park. So I was just super surprised and grateful to see that, you know, this the audiobook was nominated for this award. It's it's fantastic. So fan, in the fantasy audiobook category, it was very, very cool. Um, so if you haven't listened to the audiobook and you like audiobooks, just give it a listen. She's great. <laughs> the other part of this week's best thing is that I got to the draft cover for Brutal Fortress. This actually happened last week and I meant to talk about it and I forgot. <laughs> but um, Brutal Fortress is the third book in the Savage City series, the Bliss Wars series. So I've had the Beastly Kingdom cover for months and months. And I'm gotta once I get through this, I'm gonna plan the cover reveal. But this is book three of the trilogy. And book three of the cover is literal fire. <laughs> it's like there's fire everywhere. <laughs> but it's so wonderful. And I laid out all three of them together to show my brother and my um mastermind folks. And I was just like, this, I love it. I love everything about it. So Y'all won't get to see this. At one point, I was like, should I just do a double cover reveal? But like, that doesn't make any sense. There's no real advantage other than I have to sit on this cover for a number of months now, just like I've been sitting on the the uh, Beastly Kingdom one. But I'm thinking, after all, I will do a pre-order for Brutal Fortress for book three, because getting starting to get the beta feedback from book two, which I have not actually looked at yet. I talked to my brother, he he read it, and I got the feedback from him. And I'm just thinking that this book does end in a cliffhanger, and not being able to pre-order book three is probably going to be irritating for people. So as much as I don't want the pressure of another pre-order date that who knows what's happening between now and next year, I also think that it doesn't make sense not to because of the the big open door that Beastly Kingdom ends with. The jury is still out, but that's my current thinking on this. And I don't have to make a decision at the moment. So we'll see. My writing update. Things are going well. I have something like 33,000 words. Or no, it doesn't sound quite right. It's more than that. 37,000 words in the manuscript for The God of Silent Tears, my Black Sounds book. Um, I really wanted to be at 45,000 by this weekend. But I just have to, you know, give myself grace about that. What I, what I was writing this week turned out good. It was a little slower than I wanted, but I made some good discoveries and it's just, it's flowing really well. And I do know that later in the book, I will be able to use much larger chunks from the first draft than I am now because I'm rewriting so much. This week was basically all new material that was completely rewritten. So it's going to be slower than more revising type work. And I just have to accept that. But yeah, I've been moving right along. Um, I, I have been getting stressed out. Stress is creeping up on me. And it's not necessarily the book. I mean, as the weeks go by and the deadline gets closer, the stress does increase. Like my eye did start twitching and I was, I've been waiting for that to happen. It's kind of one of my my signals uh, 
my eye just randomly twitches and it's just incredibly irritating. But it's not just book related. There's like life stuff happening, life stresses and ramped up too. I'm not really keeping up with the sleep goals that I had set. I'd wanted to start trying to get towards eight hours. And I'm still at like six, six and a half, which is on me for not going to bed earlier because I wake up at the same time every morning. It's just depends on when I go to bed. And so I'm going to try to double down on, on doing that. But good news is exercising and eating are going well. I've been exercising pretty regularly, you know, um, in the mornings and then a couple afternoon sessions. And so I feel pretty good about that. Eating better has gone well. So, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to fire on all cylinders and get like every, everything you're supposed to do. Like, I don't think it's actually possible, <laughs> but if I could sleep, exercise and eat, then the other things that fall off the list are, more acceptable, I guess. I don't know. At least for this period of time, you know, you're going to go through cycles. And in this cycle, I'm trying to focus on health so that the stress is manageable. I also, at a certain point, um, just decided I needed to read more poetry. Like there, there are periods where I was feeling like the writing, I said, the writing is going fine. It's going really well. It's just that with other stuff creeping up, I was just starting to feel like I needed poetry. So I just, I opened up Mary Oliver, the um, devotions book by Mary Oliver, who is, hadn't made the list of my favorite poets, but I think she probably will now because yeah, I just opened up to a random page and I started reading a couple poems and it helped. It really did help. It was just interesting ideas, interesting turns of phrase. And I put, I wrote on a sticky note, a quote from one of the poems. And the quote is, sometimes I need only to stand wherever I am to be blessed. And that felt so relevant and it resonated so much with me at that moment, which is why I put it on the sticky note. So yeah, I've been trying to feed myself with various things, little bits of inspiration here and there. And it's helpful in sort of chaotic times. I do feel like my mind is very chaotic now. Um, I'm trying to be organized, still haven't finished the taxes. <laughs> so I got lots of stuff happening. And uh, I think that's kind of what poetry is wonderful for, like bringing some kind of peace and beauty and the appreciation of the the form, you know, of the brevity of it and how much power you can have with a few simple words organized in the right way. It's really extraordinary. Um, I haven't written poetry in a long time. I used to write lots of poetry. Like I'm sure it was very terrible. I filled notebooks full of poetry, like many a teenage, young adult, older adult woman has done. <laughs> but I don't publish poetry. I don't, I don't think I ever really will. The only poetry, like the epigraphs for um, Earthsinger Chronicles, uh, which one was it? it? Was like an extended poem. I, I enjoyed that, but like as a poet, no. But reading poetry has been beneficial. Another cool thing was there was a presentation at Maryland Romance Writers this week, I guess, by Becca Syme, who I talk about a lot, uh, betterfasteracademy.com. And it was on marketing better faster, which was like came right on time. And, you know, she went through a lot of different things. And so Becca Syme, if you're not aware, she's a uh, Gallup Finders coach. And so if you take any of her courses, you you take the Gallup Finders test. And if you hear people talking about their top five or top 10 strengths, she focuses on using your strengths as opposed to lamenting your weaknesses. And how do you get better at your strengths to meet your goals? So and specifically in this talk, it was about marketing. And it was just a lot of giving you permission to not do things you don't want to do. That's kind of my, my big takeaway from the, the workshop. 
And sometimes you just need to have a sort of external permission. It's like, I already know I'm not a huge fan of social media. Like I, there's certain things that I enjoy uh, here and there, but overall, any time I've tried to plan to do like a content strategy and, oh, all you have to do is plan your posts once a month on a Sunday and then you can schedule them, like never has worked for me. Uh, and I don't enjoy interacting on there. It feels like a huge waste of time. So part of it was just like hearing someone say, if you don't like social media, you don't have to do it. <laughs> because so much of what you hear as an author that you have to market yourself and you have to be on social media and you get conflicting advice. Well, if you don't like a lot of it, just pick one or two. Or some people will say be on everything. But like those people you shouldn't listen to. <laughs> but even like, oh, pick one or two and focus on that. And like, if it works for you, then that's great. Please do that. But also hearing that you don't have to do it at all if you don't want to. It was just really freeing. And I sort of, it's like I come to that, like learning myself and trying to understand the things that I enjoy and that I don't enjoy and things I'm good at and things I'm not good at. But just hearing it was super helpful. And so her presentation was sort of breaking down all kinds of different marketing from ads to social media, blogging, podcasting, you know, Patreons, things like that. And she's developed these kind of charts where, okay, look at yourself, like evaluate yourself. What are these qualities that you have? And then on the chart, it'll see, it'll say whether you probably should or maybe shouldn't do this thing based on these qualities. Like, do you have enough time? Um, how do you deal with failure? <laughs> like, are you okay with failing? If you want to run ads and you're not okay with failing a lot, might not be for you, which I find. Like, I'm not good with failure. I can admit that. And the, the fact that trying to run Facebook ads really means you have to spend a lot of money failing before you hit upon the the targets and the keywords and all of that stuff that will work is difficult. You know, it's like, even if it's not a financial burden, I don't like losing money. And I don't like having to iterate over and over again and keep trying things and keep failing over and over again to get to something that I haven't ever yet gotten to. Like, I don't think I've ever kept with it long enough to find the thing that actually works. And maybe that's okay. Maybe either I outsource it to someone who already knows what works and I just pay them and give them the money as opposed to wasting it myself, or I find other things to do. And another thing that she said, which I have actually felt for such a long time, was in authoring, you are, especially if you're like a learner and an input person like me, who's always trying to know more and do best practices. There's best practices, I think, for quality, for, you know, making sure you have a good product that's edited, that has a good cover on it. But after that, so much of the advice that people say, oh, this worked for me and you should do this and this technique worked for me and I'm going to teach this to you. Um, in terms of like marketing and advertising and all of that, a person who has high sales doesn't necessarily know why. They might think they know why. And they might tell you the exact steps that they did. And then you can do those exact steps and it won't work for you. And some of it is just because there's a timing element involved. There's luck involved. There's so many other things involved so that a person can say, well, I ran Facebook ads and BookBub ads and uh, I post it on social media every day and now I make six figures and you can do all of those things and it not work. And maybe your book is just as good or can find an audience just as well as this other book. But breaking it down to, I don't think people really know why they're successful, even though they think they do. And they will tell you to do these things. But out of the thousands of people who listen to them and do those things, how many other authors are going to be as successful as that original one who told them to do those things. And that's just something that I've kind of intuited. 
over the years that I've been doing this and listening to people and taking in information and watching other people try things and occasionally trying things myself. But like a long time ago, I figured out, oh, you can't listen to anyone who started publishing in 2011 or 2009. You just can't listen to them because they'll be very like well-intentioned in telling you what worked for them. But anything that happened 10 years ago is completely different to now. And even last year, I mean, this industry changes so much and everyone's books are slightly different and the tropes are different and the genre is different and there's so many differences. So at the end of the day, if you focus on the things that you like and then find things you're good at that you want to continue and be the best at them, which was kind of the point of her presentation, it's like, Focus on the things you do well, the things you like, and then you can just be the best at that. So I'm not going to be the best at Facebook ads. Like I have no interest in it and I don't think I'll ever get good at it. If I spent, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars and months of my time, could I maybe get really good at it? But I don't, it doesn't interest me. It doesn't excite me. But there are things that I think I do well and that if I double down on that and put all my energy into that, and become the best that I can be at a thing that I'm already really good at. That sounds very meaningful and possible to me. And so you kind of have to take off the things that you don't like and you're not good at in order to hone your skill at this other thing. Now, what is that other thing? I still have to work that out. But I like that idea. You know, her big points were do less, be better at what you are doing and get support. And that's going to be my new mantra. I'm going to put that on a sticky note next to the Mary Oliver quote and put it on my monitor because I think that it made me feel very calm. It made me feel less crazed about things, especially since social media is so saturated. A lot of what you're posting is just adding to noise. Like nobody's really paying attention. And the things that aren't noise are the things that are really interested and that resonate with people. So like on Instagram, I had been doing these Black History Month, um, like little historical like videos about the history for Monsters We Defy. And those have been really well received because I don't think their noise is not like, oh, here's my cover, like a thousand other covers, which whatever. But it's information and it's, I think it's interesting. People seem to think it was interesting and it cuts through the noise. And those kinds of posts I really enjoy doing. So yeah, do less, be better at what you're doing and get support. Makes a lot of sense to me. So that's what I'm going to try to do. I promised an update two weeks ago on my thinking hour. I have no update because I keep skipping it. <laughs> I did put it in the calendar and I did intend to do it. And by the time it got around to that time, I was already behind on everything I was supposed to do that day. So I did not, as of yet, successfully complete a thinking hour. I'm going to put it back on the calendar this week and see what happens. Maybe once I finish the taxes, it'll work. <laughs> In recommendations, we watched Tar, the film that's nominated for several Academy Awards. Um, I was really shocked that my husband expressed interest in it, but he was uh, a musician. He was in various high school and college bands, marching band, jazz band, orchestra, as a drummer, as a percussionist. So on some level, even though it wasn't like this level, because Tar is about a conductor and a composer and Kate Blanchett is amazing. Very artsy film. I really, really enjoyed it. And I think we're going to go see it again. My brother and I, my brother's in town and he want, he's seen it once and wants to see it again too. My husband was like, no, I think I'm done. <laughs> but I think it could, it really requires a second viewing because they're just, it's just very layered and very subtle on certain levels and a lot going on. So I, I really, 
I'm still thinking about it the day after, which is the mark of good art, I think, and wanting to really digest it again and see it and see what exactly is happening in this. And yeah, very, very good. I don't know that I'm going to get through all of the Oscar movies. Sometimes in years long past, I've tried. I haven't been paying much attention to the Oscars recently, although I do want to see the Banshees of Inisherin. Um, I've seen a couple of them. I've seen everything everywhere all at once, which I really did like. And it's still probably the favorite to win. I mean, I think Tar, if it won, I wouldn't be mad, but uh, I don't know. Very cool. And also we are watching Picard season three, which just started recently. And it's got a lot of callbacks from the original Next Generation cast, which is really fun when they pop up and you're like, ooh, is that, is that, <sighs> you know, a similar thing happened um, with Fresh Prince on Peacock. So in both shows, there'll be a character who's like shrouded and they, they enter and they're doing something, but you can't see their face. And then they reveal, oh, that's, and um, Fresh Prince did that uh, with the, I guess it was the first, the first episode where there's a character and you're looking at, you know, the back of this person's head for a really long time for TV. And you're like, why are we, oh wait, is that? And then they turn around and they're like, yeah. So it's kind of cool, these reveals. Nostalgia is big and, you know, fan service callbacks are really big. But those two shows I think are doing it really well. If you haven't seen uh, Fresh Prince, is that what it's called? It was called Bel Air. Uh, you know, the modern dramatic retelling of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which sounds insane, but really works. And they did some, you know, cameos of original cast members last season and so far this season too. So very cool. Very highly recommended. Also, before I forget, there's a cool event coming up that I have absolutely nothing to do with, but I thought was worth shouting out um, because it includes some friends of the podcast. So it's called Black Men Reading Speculative Fiction, Six Masters of the Fantastic Bringing the Griot to You. It is, just like it says, six black uh, speculative fiction authors. March 10th, I will link to it in the show notes. It includes Maurice Broaddus, Rob Cameron, Zigzag Claiborne, Gerald Coleman, Milton Davis, and Eric Nunnally. And uh, it's unique. Like, I've never seen anything like this before. And yeah, just to support black men in speculative fiction, I thought that it looked really cool. I signed up to attend. So check it out. And that is it for me for this weekend or this week. I have a goal to keep writing and get as far as I can in the manuscript and um, just hopefully keep feeling good about it and putting down good words and creating a book that I'm proud of. Get through the week with as much grace and light as possible because I'm tired and sometimes it's hard to be creative when stress and life are are beating against you. So yeah, that is my goal. And I will talk to you next week for episode show notes and to sign up for the footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox and the course. Go to myimaginaryfriends.net. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch the video episodes on YouTube. You can email me at podcast at lpenelope.com. I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. And My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcast.